Hi, everybody. Anne Louise Gittleman here once again for the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And of course, it is my pleasure to welcome a first-rate nutritional icon and innovator in the field of cannabis and CBD oil. His name is Dr. Stuart Titus, who not only has a unique background in health, but he himself has been a physiotherapist for over 15 years and has firsthand experience in the use of hemp oil products with Lyme's disease. So I'm so interested in exploring that with you. Welcome to First Lady of Nutrition, Dr. Titus. Well, it's a great pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Now, why did you get into CBD oil with your background in economics and health? I had uh, seen a great number of patients uh, using uh, cannabis, uh, and this was back when I had my uh, clinical practice uh, from 1990 to 2010, um, and I saw a great number of uh, athletes, uh, particularly even some professional sport athletes, using cannabis to help control pain, decrease inflammation, help with sleep-related issues, and um, uh, started attending medical cannabis symposiums and uh, found out that there was really some science behind uh, cannabis use as a medicine. I was just blown away and astounded. Um, when a public company started in California back in March of 2009, uh, it was the first public company in the US in the cannabis and industrial hemp space, I just became involved as an investor. Uh, but when this company uh, changed gears in 2011, and we're talking about uh, bringing a nutritional supplement form of cannabis to U.S. and world markets that would be non-psychoactive, based in CBD rather than THC. Uh, I thought this may be one of the great uh, dietary supplements of all time, possibly mm. rivaling vitamin C. And thus I left my clinical practice, which I'd been with for 20 years, to become involved in this uh, new undertaking. And it's been fabulous to see the growth and development of this market. Uh, we brought our first uh, nutritional supplement-based form of CBD products to U.S. and world markets in the spring of 2012. So it's been eight years now, and gosh, the world popularity in CBD is absolutely amazing. It's, it, it's amazing, and it's amazing to me to see how this has become the, the kind of the herb of the month, the herb of the year, perhaps the herb of the decade, if you can call it that. And I think it's going to rival vitamin C and vitamin D as being the bomb, as they say, because it has so many applications, not just for physiological health, but for mental health. Can you speak a little bit to the physiological health that it can, uh, that it can impact? Well, I, th I think one of the great places to start is with a patent that's held by the U.S. government. Uh, the research started back in 1999. The research team included Nobel Prize winning laureate Dr. Julius Axelrod from the U.S. here, and this led to U.S. patent number 6630507. Uh, it's titled Cannabinoids as Antioxidants and Neuroprotectants, and here it describes a wide range of physiological benefits. On the antioxidant, anti-inflammatory side, great potential benefit for all of your metabolic syndrome patients. This includes your heart disease and cardiovascular risk patients, diabetes, rheumatoid arthritis, anyone with an inflammatory marker, uh, basically the anti-inflammatory properties of these cannabinoids, and particularly CBD, has really been able to help bring those numbers down into the more normal range. And of course, huh. inflammation is the root cause of all disease. And the other side of the patent, talking about the neuroprotective capabilities to protect the central nervous system from uh, these neurodegenerative conditions, things such as multiple sclerosis or uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, and now 
Uh, there's been uh, additional study and research, and the FDA has actually approved an actual uh, medicine to treat uh, childhood epilepsy. And many parents are now also using CBD for autism because, again, it's just calming and relaxing the central nervous system of these children, making them a little bit more normal. Do you think we're born with a CBD deficiency? Well, certainly over uh, the past 82 years, we've been very cannabinoid deficient. Uh, you know, we had this unfortunate passage of the Marijuana Tax Act back in 1937. And uh, over the you know, following three plus uh, generations, uh, cannabis is kind of re removed from our diet. Hemp and hemp seed used to be a very staple food in the country. And yes. by removing this, not only from our diets, but also the diets of our animals, uh, you know, cattle, chicken, et cetera, um, we've all throughout the society become cannabinoid deficient. There's a very uh, interesting development in the medical community about this, what's called clinical endocannabinoid deficiency syndrome that's really taking on a lot more credence as more and more study uh, comes in. But yes, I believe uh, most of us are cannabinoid deficient. And simply by supplementing with about 50 milligrams of non-psychoactive cannabinoids on a daily basis, uh, many people are seeing tremendous improvements in overall levels of health and wellness. We're just feeding our body what it's really naturally needing. Lovely. And what fascinated me about your bio, uh, is the fact that you had personal experience with hemp oil products such as the CBD oil because was it a personal issue that you had with Lyme disease or was this your clients? No, it was really my uh, own personal issue and uh, certainly this is a terrible uh, nerve-related disorder, uh, particularly when it gets into the um, uh, central nervous system and your cerebrospinal fluid like it did uh, with me. I was uh, extremely debilitated. Uh, I mean, it was like I aged 100 years overnight. It was mm. unbelievable uh, uh, level of uh, pain, discomfort, uh, you know, the muscular spasms, uh, you know, uncontrollable muscle twitching at nighttime when I was trying to sleep. Uh, just a, a horrible experience. And for whatever reason, I, it just must have been destiny, but I was just in the right place at the right time to have uh, been part of this uh, CBD evolution. And I'll never forget my first night, our first product, a 25 milligram capsule of CBD, and I slept without one muscle twitch. Uh, and this was the first time in two years I had a good full restful night of sleep. And then uh, over the following 18 months, I was able to overcome a significant amount of the challenges I had and uh, have come back to a very good uh, state of health at this time. Wonderful. I mean, I, I, when there's a vested interest in health as you have, it just makes everything else that you do that more authentic. So I'm so glad that you're better cured, perhaps. You're certainly controlling whatever has gone on in your system. And beyond the mental health applications, is there any other arena in terms of autoimmune illness where you think CBD oil comes into play? Well, it does seem to have a tremendous immune boosting uh, properties. Uh, certainly uh, this internal endogenous cannabinoid system that's characteristic of all of us humans. In fact, all mammalian creatures have this internal endogenous cannabinoid system. And uh, certainly by uh, supplementing this, 
uh, system, which is the largest self-regulatory system in the human body, uh, there are many great uh, physiological benefits. Certainly, um, this system regulates the balance within us, what in medicine you might call a homeostasis, and this has tremendous implication uh, for the body's immune system and immune defenses. There have been a lot of uh, terrific studies in terms of uh, CBD and its potential antibacterial effects. Uh, certainly, there's some early stage research, uh, even the a nice article in uh, the street.com, I believe it was, uh, showing that uh, some very early stage research out of Canada um, showing a benefit of cannabis, and particularly CBD part of cannabis, uh, to help uh, with uh, the um, <clears throat> situation that's uh, currently uh, going on in the world. It does seem that uh, cannabinoids, and particularly CBD, does block coronavirus pathways into cells, according to this article that was just out uh, yesterday. Well, that's pretty fascinating. Pretty current, pretty urgent information. And I understand, much to my amazement, that there is an enormous body of research about the cannabinoid system and all of the cannabis-related studies. Where would people be able to find all this research? Do you have a particular website you can, re you can re refer us to? We have a, a wonderful uh, website. It's a nonprofit group called Echo Connection. And ECHO, Echo Connection.org, has a tremendous amount of research uh, that uh, is uh, very uh, condition specific. Um, obviously, people can also search the National Institutes of Health Library or PubMed, uh, which many of these studies are available online. Some unfortunately require a fee, but the National Institutes of Health now has over 10,000 studies on the uh, endocannabinoid system. And there are probably another uh, 2,200 studies that mention uh, endocannabinoid right in the title of that particular study. So there's been a lot of uh, research, a lot of it's been very early stage, either petri dish models or animal models, uh, not as much human study and research, but certainly the early research shows some tremendous uh, physiological benefits. Do you think that everybody, including infants and children, should be taking some sort of cannabinoid supplement? Uh, I believe so, for sure, yes. Uh, certainly to support this large self-regulatory system. Uh, it's interesting to see that uh, in uh, childhood development and, and childbirth, uh, this endocannabinoid system is present from about day 16 of gestation. It's intimately involved in the development of the fetus and the central nervous system. In fact, mother's breast milk, the first food that the mother feeds the child, is very cannabinoid rich. And uh, we've seen many uh, moms go through a pregnancy actually uh, using uh, you know, small amounts of uh, CBD and having wonderful experience with childbirth and their children have been on CBD right from the very outset and uh, doing extraordinarily well in terms of uh, development, uh, being disease-free, et cetera. Um, so yes, I really think these are vital and essential nutrients that uh, we can help use to support our bodies uh, throughout our entire lives. I mean, gosh, I wish I would have had uh, CBD back when I was a child. It wasn't until I was in my 50s that I uh, found it and it had some amazing benefit. But gosh, if I'd have had this as a child and maybe two or three generations uh, from now when the children grow up and have their children, et cetera, just think how uh, amazing this world's gonna be with a, a world of cannabinoid-sufficient individuals. So tell me about your involvement in the industry itself. I know that you're involved in the medical marijuana. It's a public traded company, if I'm not mistaken. 
uh, we're the, yes, the parent company of uh, Canaway. I've certainly had a nice opportunity to become uh, the chief executive officer as of March 2015. So it's been a, a great year, but certainly I've been involved with the company uh, since its outset and uh, just as an investor. Uh, certainly in terms of the industry, uh, you know, moved out to California to help uh, pioneer this hemp CBD industry. And I think we've done some uh, wonderful things in the space since then. We've uh, started several other uh, public companies. So we currently have two pharmaceutical development companies that we're uh, very well involved with. And I've been very excited about the research, the potential uh, benefits for mankind, not only in terms of a pharmaceutical medicine, but also just as an everyday dietary supplement to help improve health and wellness. Uh, it's been great to see the growth in the industry over the years. Uh, in 2014, a couple of years after we really started uh, going with CBD, uh, we decided to start this uh, Canaway group, which is a direct sales or a multi-level marketing uh, channel. And we've now been able to pioneer markets, not only all 50 US states here, but also throughout the European community, uh, countries such as Russia, now moving over into uh, Asia with uh, Japan and uh, Vietnam, Hope to, hopefully uh, will come online very soon. So to see the international expansion and the international acceptance of these cannabinoids, and to hear some of the anecdotal stories of people returning to health and wellness, it's been extremely gratifying. Can you share some of those anecdotal stories? I know my listeners get very impassioned and very excited and very engaged when they hear real life, true life stories of people just like you and me that have found hope and healing using a natural supplement such as the CBD oil. Well, certainly. And uh, of course, uh, you know, since we have a public for-profit company, um, I personally am not able to speak as much about uh, some of the stories and testimony or even my own a bit of success as I would uh, normally like to. But uh, we have other groups. Uh, you can search our media, uh, press and all. We've seen some uh, wonderful stories about individuals who've had great benefit uh, from our uh, products. Uh, certainly uh, we have our echoconnection.org uh, and we currently uh, are servicing well over 100 families with regular product. There's some great stories up on uh, Echo uh, Connection, and, and certainly uh, the internet is filled with many other uh, wonderful stories. I think one of the best stories I've seen, though, actually came from the country of Brazil. Mm. And just as we were starting Canaway in April of 2014, uh, an opportunity came to us, uh, unbeknownst, from uh, another part of the world. Uh, it seemed that a family in the U.S. had a child with a very difficult type of epilepsy, genetically inherited, and uh, there's a fairly rare population of this uh, type of epilepsy in the world. At the time, maybe only a couple of hundred, uh, three, four hundred patients with this. Now today, it's a little bit more popular, but um, uh, one family had great results by using our product out of Dallas, Texas. They posted on Facebook the success uh, the there was a mother in the country of Brazil with a child with the same type of epilepsy and saw that there was some great benefit by uh, CBD products. And so uh, they tried to, uh, they uh, actually had uh, relatives here in the U.S. who uh, purchased some products from us. This is all unbeknownst to us, but had uh, stuffed it in an animal, uh, if, you know, stuffed animal and just kind of <laughs> hidden it so it would get through customs and border control. <laughs> I went down to Brazil, the family used it with the daughter who was having about 300 uh, seizure episodes per day. Uh, and the seizures came to nearly a stop. Uh, it was absolutely remarkable. However, the uh, parents ran out of product uh, fairly quickly, so they tried to order from us directly. 
and it got stopped by Customs and Border Patrol once we sent it down to Brazil, of course. And um, it was uh, something that the Customs and Border Patrol destroyed the product. Well, of course, the seizure episode started to come back with the child, and it was interesting to see the Brazilian social media, which is uh, very advanced. Uh, this story went viral throughout the country. And very, very quickly, within three days, the regulatory authority out of uh, Brazil, known as Anvisa, it's their version of the FDA, ruled that this would be totally inhumanitarian for us to keep this product from this child. And of course, she'd been on all kind of medicine, uh, you know, 12 different pharmaceutical meds, I believe, and other therapies to try to control the seizures, and nothing was uh, working. And uh, sure enough, our product seemed to work well, and uh, the government then of Brazil allowed for a special import permit for us, and for the past six years, we've now been successfully uh, able to market products through other uh, parents in the country of Brazil, thanks to the great efforts of this one family and their daughter to stand up and uh, certainly, uh, you know, risking their rest of their lives in jail, uh, because that's where the regulations were at the time. But this was able to change the dialogue in the country of Brazil. And uh, now CBD is uh, approved by Dr. Prescription. Uh, we have a wonderful doctor network. We give regular medical cannabis and CBD symposiums in the country. It's been uh, absolutely phenomenal to see how progressive this country and how humanitarian this country is. If, you know, pharmaceuticals aren't working. Here's a more natural solution. And uh, they'll approve it. Over time, they've actually uh, reimbursed in the government health care system for it. Uh, so uh, people who can't afford the product necessarily can still get the benefit as long as the doctor prescribes it. So then my question to you is, what makes your CBD oil different than any other CBD oil on the market? Why are you heads and shoulders above the rest? Well, we're very excited about our sourcing. Uh, we've been uh, sourcing from the European uh, community uh, since uh, really we started our endeavors over there back in 2007. And here they grow uh, true hemp, uh, which uh, certainly has great industrial uses, but um, you know, certainly the end crop will have 0.3% or less THC. And what that means for us is that when we uh, do our extractions and final uh, formulations, it requires minimal processing in order to produce an end product. Thus, it preserves a great amount of these entourage botanicals, your natural uh, botanical compounds that are already in the hemp plant or the cannabis plant itself. This includes things such as terpenoids, flavonoids, your trace amount of cannabinoids, your plant waxes, chlorophyll, and this really produces a wonderful uh, magnified effect that we call the entourage effect. Just all these chemical components working together synergistically. And just the way Mother Nature um, has uh, grown this plant. Uh, you know, there are many other you know, progressive marijuana growers now here in the U.S., for example, who are growing a high concentration of CBD in their marijuana crop, and then they're processing it down so they can separate out the THC from the CBD. And this, of course, requires much more in the way of processing in order to do that. And the more processing and refining that you do, the more of these entourage botanicals that you lose. So many uh, products today are just really isolated forms of CBD. In fact, the pharmaceutically developed version of CBD itself is an isolated, refined, semi-synthetic version of CBD and it's mixed with a sesame oil, and certainly uh, they're getting a certain amount of results, but it's uh, very interesting to see that the natural botanical product with its full spectrum botanicals uh, tends to get and confer 
even greater physiological benefits without any of the negative unwanted harmful side effects of the pharmaceutical products. So certainly uh, we're quite excited about, you know, having been in this industry for uh, eight years now, producing and selling marketing products all from the same source. And, uh, you know, obviously over time, the soil and conditions of this uh, European community have really uh, done very well to support the hemp plant. Over time, uh, certainly uh, here in America, we're just planting our first legal hemp crop uh, this year by the USDA's uh, program. And over time, potentially, uh, we'll have a wonderful uh, hemp here from the US to potentially source. But uh, nonetheless, uh, we've been just at this for so long, still continue with our uh, original sourcing, even though we could source perhaps cheaper CBD here from the US. We really want to stick with the full spectrum entourage botanicals that really confer the great health and wellness benefits that we've been able to achieve. So people can take CBD oil as a supplement. It's in pills, it's in soft gels, I imagine, it's in liquid form. How else can people absorb this? Through a salve, topically through the skin? What about skincare products? I'm just thinking of all the ramifications of this. Yes, there are a tremendous amount of uh, you know, nice uh, delivery systems and uh, methods of uh, taking uh, CBD. Certainly, uh, the topical application you were just mentioning is uh, becoming uh, very, very popular. Uh, certainly, uh, to get uh, cannabinoids right in uh, more directly to areas, problem areas where it's needed. Uh, tremendous uh, network of these uh, cannabinoid receptors uh, that uh, are, exist throughout the body, even in the endocannabinoid system and other receptor sites that are not necessarily part of the endocannabinoid system are also very accepting of these uh, cannabinoids. Um, we also uh, offer, our company does, I think we're uh, one of the few, maybe the only company that still continue uh, with our original products and they come in an oral applicator form. Uh, so it's like a dark colored uh, toothpaste uh, type of application that uh, really uh, is more directly extracted from the uh, hemp plant itself. So it really has a great profile of these entourage botanicals. And uh, those are some of our very favorite and uh, top selling uh, products. We have three different forms of the oral applicators, a bunch of different uh, liquid products mixed with a, um, a MCT oil, like a, a medium chain triglyceride or a coconut oil. Um, and uh, many parents find that very easy to feed to their children on, the sp on a spoon. It has a very benign taste. Uh, certainly um, and the capsules and tinctures are nice uh, ways to absorb cannabinoids and uh, uh, the vape vaporization, uh, which, you know, unfortunately, um, there were some problems with some of the THC vape products uh, going back about a year or so ago with uh, uh, synthetic vitamin C acetate uh, being used to cut the oil. Um, and uh, unfortunately, that synthetic uh, vitamin C product uh, was conferring some unwanted health effects to individuals, but uh, still the, the vape delivery uh, getting it more directly into the cardiopulmonary system has been a wonderful uh, delivery method for many uh, individuals. And uh, we are very uh, much uh, part, especially in the European community, we sell a lot of uh, vape products and that's a wonderful uh, delivery for many individuals. So what do you see the future holding for the CBD oil industry? Well, I think the future is extremely bright. I think everything is still fairly much at the ground floor level. Uh, of course, the industry itself is going through its trials and tribulations. Uh, we're working with our US FDA 
uh, to carve out a specific pathway for CBD to be approved as a uh, dietary supplement here in the U.S. as well as a food ingredient. Uh, currently, the FDA is wanting to see a little bit more safety data because the only real clinical data that they have comes from the pharmaceutical uh, company. And of course, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, that the pharmaceutically developed version of CBD is a semi-synthetic and thus it confers some toxic liver side effects, elevated uh, liver enzymes of ALT, AST, ALP, and elevated bilirubin levels. Now, the pharmaceutical group is also giving very large doses of CBD to their young children. I mean, young children mm. getting four to 700 milligrams of CBD daily. Wow. Um, you know, many children on a more natural botanical product, uh, even with some you know, fairly significant health challenges, 25 to 50 milligrams has been uh, quite effective for many of these uh, young children. And certainly um, we are not seeing, because it's a more natural botanical product, any of the toxic uh, liver uh, side effects. Certainly myself personally, I've been on CBD uh, every day now for the past eight years, and my uh, liver enzyme levels are all in the normal, uh, the lower end of the normal range. So uh, the long-term use of CBD, at least for me, has been uh, very safe, and we look forward to you know, showing and demonstrating this to the FDA with maybe a thousand patient study coming up in the near future. So besides the immunosuppressive issues, that are so uh, rampant today with people and, and the rise of autism and Lyme's disease and so on and so forth. Are there any other applications that we may not recognize that CBD oil would be effective for? Well, I, th I think, you know, if you read the you know, US government patent uh, and you, know, you look at some of the research, it's very, very interesting to see that uh, they do talk a little bit about some of the anti-aging uh, benefits. Uh, certainly um, there's been a good amount of research and uh, things that are done on, on uh, animals like lab uh, rats, uh, for example. But this concept of neurogenesis, uh, which again has only been proven out in these laboratory uh, animals, but uh, uh, feeding CBD to these lab animals actually was able to help regenerate new brain cells, new nerves, neurological pathways in these uh, animals. And certainly if this can be proven out, in humans, this neurogenesis concept. Well, this Huge. could be the veritable uh, fountain of youth because uh, you know you keep your central nervous system healthy and active, and that's going to have a peripheral effect on many of the other systems of the body: your muscular system, your skeletal system, etc. And uh, I certainly, you know, after suffering my health challenges, I really have to say the uh, anti-aging benefits. I you know feel very healthy, uh, very fit, um, trim. Uh, certainly uh, very active in terms of uh, exercise and uh, the rest, uh, you know, travel the world, keep a very uh, busy schedule, or at least when things were normal, I was <laughs> traveling the world before this unfortunate virus situation mm -hmm. and uh, lecturing uh, in uh, you know, people's doctors, groups, etc. So uh, certainly the amazing experience I've had personally, um, I, you know, really have to believe there's some absolutely incredible benefits that we might not recognized for you know, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. But uh, certainly having seen the incredible uh, changes in my overall health, I mean, I can't imagine not having CBD for a day. Interesting. So do you see any other arenas in the healthcare industry that would be most, or seem to be most open to the use of CBD oil, psychiatry, psychology, physiotherapy, anti-aging? Have we missed any, any particular arena? 
Yeah, well, there, there certainly are some, uh, uh, you know, other areas we can uh, talk about and uh, discuss uh, in terms of psychiatry or addiction uh, type of uh, situation. Obviously, we've had this unfortunate uh, opioid situation in the U.S., which, uh, you know, some people are uh, drug users and abusers, et cetera, but unfortunately, many uh, people who come into the uh, opioid situation are just normal, healthy, active, you know, maybe church-going uh, people. And uh, they might have a surgery or something, and the doctor might uh, prescribe opioids. Well, gosh, three, four, five days on opioids, and many of these, uh, you know, people just become addicted. And it's just you know, you know, a physiological process that goes on within their bodies. And uh, unfortunately, it's very easy to overdose with opioids. And uh, this, uh, you know, has caused a, a tremendous, uh, you know, a uh, bit of uh, death and destruction in the United States. Um, it's very interesting to see that, uh, you know, cannabinoids uh, do have some very interesting uh, effect on certain receptor sites, uh, particularly your TRIP-V1 receptors, as we call it, uh, that are pain receptors and just help to decrease and dampen pain. Uh, anecdotally, we see a lot of people using cannabis and, of course, CBD to help uh, control pain. But it's interesting to also note, no one has ever died from an overdose of natural botanical cannabis or mm. CBD, certainly, because your receptor sites for your cannabinoids are in a much different location than they are for the opioid receptors. The opioid receptors are basically back in the brain, the brainstem near the basal ganglia, and right in this very same area, you have the body's autonomic oh. breathing reflex. You know, we don't really think much about our breathing. We go to sleep at night. We continue to breathe. But what happens when you overdose with opioids, because the sensation and the uh, <clears throat> stimulation is so intense right at the uh, center, right where the opioid receptors are and its proximity to this autonomic breathing reflex, that it actually cuts off. It shuts off this autonomic natural reflex within us. And the opioid overdose patients just simply forget to breathe and they oh die of asphyxiation. My goodness. So certainly there's a great answer right there. Of course, there's a lot of uh, what we call politics of healing that are uh, preventing this and continuing the uh, unfortunate uh, opioid saga throughout our country. But when you look at the uh, little picture chart, I you know, it's, one picture could be worth a thousand words. And I wish I was able to show a couple of pictures to you here where the cannabinoid receptors are and the opioid receptors it would just make perfect sense. But uh, certainly there are great answers here. And it does seem that not only with uh, opioids, but also other types of uh, addictive personality disorders, things such as you know, the addiction to cocaine, methamphetamine, et cetera, um, cannabinoids, and particularly CBD, does seem to have a peripheral effect on some of these brain receptor sites that tend to cut off the body's reward mechanism. And just uh, very, very interested in some of the uh, future and potential of uh, research here to uh, get uh, these cannabinoids more into these drug addiction and drug recovery uh, programs that are out. And uh, we're, we're quite excited about uh, some of the early findings and, and research. I think there are uh, several articles I could potentially point you to about uh, drug addiction and how these cannabinoids really are making a difference for many individuals. Totally fascinating. Are any of your companies engaged in any particular type of research or clinical study as we speak? 
well, or two uh, pharmaceutical development partners uh, certainly are, and of course there are many other companies out there researching uh, cannabinoids. Uh, or one company, uh, Canalife Inc., is recently public, K-L-F-E. Um, they have uh, a couple of indications for use on this U.S. government patent I was mentioning. Uh, they have an indication for use uh, to uh, develop a cannabinoid-based medicine to treat what we call hepatic encephalopathy. Uh, it's a liver brain disorder brought about by uh, long-term opioid use or excess alcohol abuse, but the neuroprotective properties, not only uh, for the brain, but also for the liver cells uh, with uh, cannabinoids. Certainly the NIH believes that there's some potential there and that's awarded a, a patent application for Canalife for that particular indication. Uh, the second indication Canalife has is to develop a cannabinoid-based medicine to treat uh, what we call CTE or chronic traumatic encephalopathy, mm. traumatic brain injury, which is you know, kind of the industrial disease of the National Football League. Yes, and, um, yes, yes. The industrial disease of the National Hockey League as well. Mm. And certainly the neuroprotective capabilities of cannabinoids. Uh, it does seem the NIH believes that there is a good possibility here. And so they've also awarded another uh, patent to Canalife for that particular application. They've got a nice proprietary molecule. We're very excited about some of their early stage study and research showing some great uh, potential benefit. So I'm finding all this totally engaging, totally fascinating. I'm just so impressed with the fact that you yourself were a healthcare practitioner. So you're really engaged in the whole business of health on so many levels. And I know that if people look at echoconnections.org, they'll find a plethora of new research studies. It's one of the most comprehensive websites that I've seen, as a matter of fact, in terms of all the studies that are offered. And I'm going to also post a particular website where people who may want to become involved with these, these particular products can do so as a preferred customer. Would that be all right with you? Oh, that'd be absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Yes, I have uh, some friends who actually would love to uh, participate. So we look forward to uh, getting onto the website and signing up for some products, especially some of the new products that we've been able to uh, develop. Lovely. So I want to thank you so much, Dr. Stuart Titus. Thank you so much for being my esteemed and honored guest for the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And I will welcome all of our listeners to come back next time for another episode of First Lady of Nutrition. Goodbye for now.